All right, Ox Nation, <laughs> welcome to this special episode. Well, it's a special one for me. It was my first time on someone else's podcast. It was the first time telling my story. It's the first time I'd heard it. And for me, I think it's a story of big fucking dreams, but even bigger failures. But what's a failure? A failure is if you quit. A failure is if you give up. And you know, we're just getting started. So I hope you enjoy. If you do enjoy it, please do something with it. Like it, rate it, review it, whatever. But thanks for being a part of the Ox Nation, the newly named Ox Nation. Enjoy. Kennesaw State University. And I started the podcast because I saw um, an issue that a lot of students were facing. And that's a lack of motivation and purpose. And so that led to students not going to class and KSU having one of the lowest graduation rates in the school's history. And so I dealt with this issue myself. Um, I came to college lost no sense of purpose or direction. And for that reason, I ended up uh, following the wrong crowd. And so my freshman year, I was arrested for throwing a big party on campus. And months later, my apartment was raided by the police. And so I was experiencing a negative domino effect. And so I decided to take a year off from school to change my environment and focus on personal development. And so I surrounded myself with business-minded people and it inspired me to start my own business. But unfortunately, my first few attempts failed, but I didn't give up there. A few months later, I started an e-commerce store that sold baby products. And so the store's success allowed me to travel the world, and that journey led me to forge my purpose statement, which is um, to help others find happiness in their struggle through my writing and speaking. And so that's why I, um, I published my book, The Positive Affirmation Guide. Uh, you can buy, you get it from me today. And that's why I started this podcast. And so each, each episode, I interview successful entrepreneurs like Ant from a variety of different backgrounds, and they just tell their stories of success and failures so that students can learn from their mistakes. Cool? Awesome. So uh, this is our first live episode, so it's kind of new for me, too. <laughs> yep, this is my first one, too. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were just talking a minute ago. We were saying we were looking at the space, and there was nobody here, you know? And uh, I took him to the side, and I was like, remember today when there's nobody here? Because this is the time, this is the one thing that stops most people, is just thinking nobody's going to show up, right? So yeah. it's big when you just remember that time. Like when I first started my gym, <clears throat> it started with one person. Well, first time I went, went to the park and nobody was there. Took all my shit and went home, you know? And I was yeah. like, all right. I posted it everywhere. Hey, workouts at the park for free. Nobody cares, right? So yeah. nobody came. And then went back again the next week, one person. And then now, like we were talking about, there's a gym down the street that while we're here talking, there's 150 people working out there and it's yeah. running itself, you know, and that's three years later. So yeah, yeah. we're just saying, like, remember this moment when there's a handful of people in the crowd, not to say that you guys are not important, you're very important, it's but very <laughs> we want it to be much bigger than this to yeah. spread that message. So yeah, it's, it's it. good. <laughs> it is very good. So um, how you usually start this off on your visionary podcast? We start by asking a question which is, what is your purpose statement, mm. and why? It's a good question. I mean, that's the biggest question, right. right? For me especially is, I feel like I'm every day trying to figure out what that purpose is. Mm. And when I get up in the morning and I start reading and trying to get a better morning routine, daily routine, trying to build to what I want my perfect life to look like, it always keeps coming back to what is that, what is your mission statement? What, it's easy to make a mission statement for a business, right? It's easy right. to make a mission statement for the next venture you want to do. But to say what is your personal mission statement, it's, it's one thing that 
I know a lot of things that I'm interested in. I know what I love to do, but I, I don't honestly know what my mission is except to try and fulfill my potential. Yeah, and I think that's super cool because a lot of my um, guests, they give answers, but the fact that you don't have one and you still accomplish so much, it shows that you don't you know, have to have a concrete purpose statement in order to take action, right? And, yeah, I mean, if, if you know what it is and you know you said this is my... This is my vision statement. This is my yeah. mission statement. You knew pretty clear what it was. Right. The, the biggest thing that I know about myself is that I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And so you're coming and saying a successful entrepreneur, that success comes with me learning. And I, had, I have a successful business. But as an entrepreneur, you think it's going to crumble at any minute. Yeah. You think that like you got lucky to get this far. You, mm-hmm. So I think... For me, just knowing that I don't know anything and every day getting up and trying to learn more and more is the only way I know to keep going towards success. Yeah, yeah. So when I get to the point where I say, this is me, I feel like I'll have stopped growing and stopped learning. So wow. I know that I want to have a, a vision and a mission for where I want to go, but I don't think it'll ever be, this is it. It's, mm-hmm. This is it right now. Right. So right now my mission is I want to help people have the best part of their day when they come to our gyms. Mm-hmm. When people come here to Oxwork, I want them to dream bigger and want more for their life and find a way to create a business that fits into their life instead of create a business that becomes a job. And I meet people all the time that are 20 years into their business and they say, I can't leave my job, I can't leave work, not realizing that they did that to themselves. So I'm three years into the gym and it's got to a point where it's almost running itself. And nice. I'm then able to go and do other things. I didn't know I wanted that when I first started, but now I know I want to help other business owners get to that point where they can get a break and they can go on vacation and they can think bigger and they can see the mission of yeah. what they're doing and not just be stuck in the day-to-day. I have to be here 20 hours a day because if that's what you're doing, you can go get a job and probably make more money and have a better lifestyle right. than running your own business yeah. and being in that. So <laughs> that's, that's all I know my mission is right now. And yeah, <laughs> so there is a pretty good mission right. statement there, right? <laughs> Definitely so. Well, yeah. yeah, I respect that. And so we know you have this beautiful space. You have a successful gym. But originally, you came here from the UK to play basketball. Right. And so take us back um, to your childhood and just walk us through how you got to where you are now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, just from looking at me, you say basketball player, right? <laughs> Do y'all think that? <laughs> Whenever I walk into a room, people go, oh, a basketball player right there. So, yeah, coming from England, a small town in England yeah. where nobody knew what basketball was, yeah, that, that was my dream. And um, without shit, I remember the first time, honestly, it wasn't even just basketball. The first time I went to a soccer game in England, football, okay. we call it, um, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was eight years old. I can smell the grass. I can see the atmosphere. You know what I mean? And it was like, from that day on, I was a professional athlete. I didn't care what it was in. I didn't know if it was going to be football, basketball. Everything I did when I was hitting a tennis ball against the wall, I was in Wimbledon. When I was shooting the basketball, I was on the NBA. It was just like, whatever it is, I'm going to be a professional athlete. So that drive and that dream... I knew it was different to most of my friends. Yeah. Um, when I started playing basketball and I found that was the sport that for some reason I was better at than I was at soccer, I was at any other sport, mm-hmm. it just took on a life of its own. And um, I said to everyone, I'm going to America to play basketball. And they just said, you're insane. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Yeah. You know, and I knew people were 
laughing about it and thinking it was just a crazy dream, but when you, when you get up every morning and you find a way to sneak into the gym because they say, you can't come before school because we're not insured. So what I did was, I'm 15 years old, I figured out that the cleaner to the school opens the door at 5 a.m. So if I get there, when she goes in, I can just go in behind. And then when the PE teachers get to school, it's too late. I'm already in there working out. And then it's funny because then you go to parents' evening and my mom and dad are coming home like, your teachers say you're not applying yourself at school. But meanwhile, I was up at 5 a.m. and going and working out. So get to 18 years old and I get offered a basketball scholarship to come to America. And um, it was like all that hard work, all them dreams had paid off. But not knowing that was just the start of yeah. what is really going to happen, yeah. you know. Before you get too far, I want to ask you: yeah. What did that do for you? The, the people doubting you, um, your friends saying, you know, you'll never accomplish that goal. What did that do for you, like internally? I mean, honestly, they it's they didn't know any different. Like, I mean, if you look at it logi- logically, it's not yeah. it's not a it's not a realistic dream, right? Five foot nine from a small, small town, nowhere near London, in England. Most people are working class. Most people are like, I'm going to America to play basketball. It just doesn't seem logical. But to me, it was the only thing I knew. Like I said, every, whenever I picked up a soccer ball, whenever I picked up a tennis racket, I was going to be a professional athlete. So when I found this and I was good at it, I was like, all right, this is the one. Yeah. And I just spent hours and hours every day wow. doing it. And... You know, when people ask, like, how do you find the motivation to do that? I didn't even think of it as motivation. It was just, this is what I've got to do to get there. So I didn't need somebody to say, how do you get motivated for that? It was just, that's all I'm going to do is spend time doing that. So just making a decision and then going after it. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. So once you're 18, um, your your goal is accomplished, you know, a little bit. You get here, you get the basketball scholarship. That's what I thought. (laughs) That's what you thought. So what's what's next after that? So I thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to America, and then you... You know, I've seen Coach Carter a few times, so I was like, this is going to be it. I'm going to be it. And uh, I got here, and you think, because you're young, and I know most people think this way, and you only realize it when you get older, that you kind of think you're in kind of like a movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's going to sure. be great. When I get there, that's it. Yeah. And I got there, and it was, okay, you're, you're here, you've got a scholarship, but you're five years behind all these American players. Mm. And... Nobody cares about your dreams. Nobody cares about your goals. So go ahead and sit on the end of the bench down there and clap for everybody else. And so that was tough. And I remember that first year um, calling home and just being devastated. Like, I thought this was it. I thought I was going to be playing basketball and training every day with everyone. And uh, I called my mom. And, uh, yeah, she said, okay, come home. There's a job, supermarket, they're hiring. Come on, get a job. Fine. You know, we just want you to be happy. And so I was like, all right, screw that. So you know it different from this? I know that, no, that's the other option, Uh, right? right. You can, you're, you're in America, you have a basketball court, this is what you've been dreaming about. You play it every day, you've got a basketball court, you've got a ball, you've got everything you need there. And you're worried about you're not playing. So quit. Quit and come home and go get a job at Kroger is an example. Walmart is an example of what it is here. We just want you to be happy. This is your dream. Nobody cares, basically, is what my mom was saying. Right. Wow. And that was huge. Because then I was like, she's right. Nobody cares. 
So get on with it or don't do it. But stop bitching about it and go and make something happen. So that was it. I was like, what I was doing when I was at home, I have to do now. Five hours a day before practice, after practice, in the breaks, if I want to get where I want to go. So, yeah. so that, that, that was you, huge. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you started doing? You, you got, kind of got back in that grind mode yep. of doing the extra work. Yeah, you know? and just understanding that you have dreams, you have goals. The world doesn't care if you have dreams and goals. You have to go and make it happen every single day. And if you don't go and make it happen, it won't happen. And you don't have to set these standards up here. You can set them down here and go and live at that level if that's what you want, right. as long as you're happy. And for me, that was a big turning point where I was like, all right, well, the world doesn't, the world doesn't spin around you. Yeah. You're in it, and you've got to go and do it. Yeah. So, so it was big. Yeah, so what happened next after this, this turning point? Because I know it's probably hard, you know, realizing, like, I really only have two options, either go home or yep. make this work. Yeah, and the school wasn't ideal, and um, you know I I wanted more, and I trained. I mean, I was the hardest working player on the team. That's all I know is to work harder than everybody else, and it still wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. So I went and talked to the coach, and um, he basically told me the truth, um, but he didn't necessarily frame it the right way. He said, um, told me everything I knew. You're five foot nine. You're from England. You're probably not going to be able to make a career out of this. I think you should think about other options. This is from my coach. Yeah. Two years in. So I was like, okay, I'm leaving. Wow. So sign my release forms. I'm going to go somewhere else. And luckily down the street there was another school. And it was, I was at a Division three school. This was a Division one school. Wow. So I'd been practicing there most days because it was literally a couple of miles away. So I went there and I was just training there. And, um, you know, I was like, I'd rather go there and try and walk on there and do what I feel like I was supposed to do, then stay here and play for someone that feels like this about, it doesn't matter what my dreams are, you're not gonna kill them, right? right. I've been through all this already mm -hmm. to get here, so yeah. transferred down the street, and um, it's Division One. you know? Yeah. All them players have been recruited for a reason. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they were a lot taller than you too, huh? Yeah, <laughs> my whole life everyone's been a lot taller than me since deciding basketball. Um, <laughs> But that was just the way it was, yeah. you know. Um, so I went down the street, and uh, the first year I started playing. I was trying out for the team. I thought I was going to try it for the team and uh, met with the coaches and everything, and they were like, okay, we'll let you know when tryouts are going to be. I was like, cool. Days just kept going by. Oh, so I kept working out with the team. Nothing, no, no tryouts, nothing. So I was like... All right, I'm in the same situation. I'm not going to be able to play. So I had two years left, basically, of eligibility. That year ended, and um, nothing. Didn't get a chance to try out, didn't get a chance to do anything. Still, every day I was in that gym working, shooting 1,000 shots a day, lifting Whoa. weights on my own. The team at that time, St. Francis, um, they finished with a record of 2-35. and 35. Still, no tryout. Knocking on the coach's door every day. Hey, coach, I'm here if you need me. Just let me know. Ready. Yeah. Anything you need? Nothing. So what were you telling cool. yourself at this time, like going through all of this? It went back to that first conversation I had with my mom. And it was, you have a ball, you have a hoop. Two things you had to sneak in to get when you were back in England. Yeah. Weight room, pool, everything. Everything is there. 
just keep working. And it was the hardest two years just because I didn't get a chance to play. But it was the best two years because it didn't really matter that I didn't get to play because it became just about me rather than about something bigger. It was just about me working every day for something that was bigger than everybody else there understood. The second year came, again, I was there every day, knocking on the door. Coaches saw me. The cleaners of, well, the security guards of that gym at St. Francis, they knew to walk through everywhere, leave one light on the hoop in the middle of the gym, and lock the doors, and then they knew I would just go out of a fire exit. So... That was my life, was just every day I would train like I was a professional athlete because I'd been a professional athlete since I was eight years old. I only knew to work for that one goal. So two years go by, don't get a chance, don't even get a tryout from this place. Um, and every single day, again, the record was something like 3-30. and 30. They, didn't, they won three games, I think. And um, the end of that year comes and I go and try out for a team in uh, Phoenix. And... Um, Straight away on the spot, I get signed to a contract after not playing for two years. And um, I come back to school, and one of my friends was a soccer player on the team and was working for the newspaper and wrote an article and was like, interviewed all the players off of the basketball team that were like, we don't know why this kid was never given a chance. And out of that year, I was the only player off of out of that school to sign a professional basketball you contract. On the team. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's crazy. And that just uh, makes me realize, you know, it doesn't matter what, what other people are saying about you, you know, as long as you know you're putting in the work. And I see it as planting seeds. Mm. Like every day you were going and you were planting those seeds in the gym, knocking on the door, planting those seeds. And eventually, you know, it grew into a contract. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's just awesome. Yeah. And it's just, it's always perspective, right? Because I could always have a perspective of like, this sucks, I'm not getting to play, I'm working out every day. But my goal was never college. I wanted to play in the NBA. I believed I was going to the NBA. So the fact that I'm not playing now, I was 20 years old, it didn't matter because it was going to be bigger than that. right? It was going to be like, this is just a stepping stone. What you're going through now is just preparing you for the next step. And then when I got out, like now, I'm 33 years old, I just stopped playing last year, and I played in eight different countries, Basketball has taken me all over the world. Basketball gave me this life now. It led me, St. Francis is where I met my wife. So if I didn't go there and I didn't go through that, I never would have met her. So, so it was all a part of the plan, the divine plan. The, just not playing a game yeah. becomes irrelevant to everything else that you get from it, yeah, right? No, that's cool. And so when you got signed, was this professional or what was for Phoenix? I got, I got signed in the ABA, which is okay. the American Basketball Association. And uh, that summer, I got to play in the Drew League, which is a massive summer league in L.A. So I was playing against NBA players from all over the country, and I was guarding some of the top players in the world. And I mean, that's what I was working for that whole time. So everything was coming to fruition. You know, I thought, like, it was worth it. Everything you went through for this last four years was leading you to this point, and then it's going to go from here. But again, it's and the next step up, and it's the next struggle, and it's the next... You know, like, I thought NBA, but you yeah. get to be around NBA players and you realize, okay, yeah. if I'm five years behind the college players, I'm ten years behind these NBA guys. So, yeah. <laughs> That's real. So, what, like, what was your, you telling yourself then when you were in the NBA? You say you feel like you had made it, all the hard work was worth it. What do you see as, like, the future for you? 
I just wanted it to be in sport. I just wanted to be a professional. So I just went wherever I could, and I chased that dream for another few years. And I, like I said, I played in eight different countries. I played in all kinds of different sanctioned events. I played with some of the best players in the world. And looking back on that now, I can say, like, for a five foot nine guy from England with just a dream, that I achieved my potential. Yeah, and no matter what, I didn't make it to the NBA because I wasn't good enough. But I did everything I could to try and get that. So, yeah, so what do you think is like the most important lesson you've learned from that journey? Um, just how, how important your dreams are. And that's one thing that we try and integrate here into Ark's work is when someone comes in and they tell me about their business idea, I never ask them, and they always tell me, like, I've done the research, I've checked the market, uh, I've checked what's around, this is what it looks like, this seems like it would be a great business concept, and it would probably work here, and I'm like, honestly, I don't care about all that stuff. What do you want to do? What's your dream job? What does that look like? Because it doesn't matter if, well, I have a gym in Grant Park. It doesn't matter if there's a gym next door that does the same thing that I do. Because my goal is to be excellent at that. So, and it's my dream, and it's going to be excellent because I'm going to put everything I've got into that dream. So the market's irrelevant. Everything else is just numbers. I know there's many different ways to look at a business, but if you know it's going to be great because it's your dream and it's going to be the thing that you throw all your passion and all your energy into, it won't fail. But if you're looking at opportunity based on the market's telling me this, and this would be a good opportunity, this looks like it's going to make money. Have you ever thought of having a food truck? That would kill it. I don't want a food truck. You know what I mean? Yes, it would kill it for the right person who is a chef that can make excellent food. I'm not going to do it just because it's going to make me money. We started the gym, and the gym is based on excellence. And that's what I did when I was playing basketball. I just wanted to be better every day. When I do the gym, it's going to be excellent. It's going to be better every single day. I'm not worried about what makes money. The money's going to come when people realize how excellent it is. So when I meet people, I'm like, tell me your dream and how you can make it excellent, and then how can we build your life into that? Because if you're just chasing money, I don't know what road that leads you to, but it's not a road I want to go down. (laughs) My dreams brought me here. My dreams created this life I have now. Mm -hmm. So follow that dream and create your business and your life around that dream, and you're going to be successful. So, so when did um, this really become your dream? Like, when did you switch from a professional athlete to a businessman? I still feel like I'm a professional athlete. Really? Yeah. I get up every day, and I'm a professional athlete. My businesses are built so I can work out like a professional athlete. So I get up at 5 a.m., and I go and work out. Then I do all my work, and then I go back to the gym at 2 o'clock, and I work out again, and all, I get to create my own version of being a professional athlete. Right? And it doesn't matter that I don't have a stage to go and do that. I get to wake up every day and be better at what I do. And I treat this like it's me being a professional athlete. When I get up, I'm reading books to get better. I'm reading you know, articles. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to books all day. Yeah. So I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, yeah. right? Not just <laughs> right. come in here and do this. I treat it like it's a sport. So yeah, that's, that's I don't I feel like that dream died. Yeah, I don't feel like I retired from that. I feel like I'm still doing it. So that's pretty dope. And um, I, I kind of my background is kind of in basketball too. I played basketball in high school, and when I stopped playing in college, um, and I changed my environment after going through you know a lot of bad stuff. Mm. My friend told me he's like, "Hey man, business isn't as hard as you make it seem. Treat it like it's basketball, yep. right? Like you woke up in the morning and you uh, worked out for two hours every day. And when you worked out, you weren't on your phone. 
you weren't worried about you know who you could talk to afterwards. You were just strictly engaged in what you were doing. If you do that in your business, you know yep. you'll see some results. And when, once I started doing that, and I was like, wow, this really works. You know, all I gotta do is put in a certain amount of hours and make sure I'm fully engaged. Right. You know, and I'll learn from it and I'll grow. You know, yep. as an entrepreneur. And realize that you're gonna keep fucking up, and you're yeah. gonna keep failing. Mm-hmm. And the, the the perfect thing with basketball is you look at a basketball player and a good three-point shooter misses half of their shots, right? So if you get up every day and you think it's just going to be success after success after success, then you're just lying to yourself because it's going to be fuck it up, regroup, figure it out, go again. Fail even worse, regroup, do it again. Fail even worse, right? And that's been basketball for me. That's been now business for me. When I started my first business, it was a mess, you know, and it was a basketball academy. Talk a little about that. Yeah, so... Came to America, well, traveled all around playing basketball, came back to America to get married. Um, me and my wife moved back here, and um, I couldn't work for a while. So I was just playing basketball, and like, what do I want to do? Where do I want to take this now? Because getting older, I'm 28, it's not going to be around forever. So I was like, I want to help kids that were like me come to America and get scholarships. So I started, I called it the International Elite Basketball Academy. I was like, all right. Start going. I'm going to house these kids. I'm going to feed these kids. I'm going to train these kids every day. Get them ready for what? The thing that I would have wanted if I could have come here a year before college and been ready to go and just take that scholarship and take that starting job, and it would have changed everything for me, right? So I was like, I'm going to do that. So I started going, and I put it out there, and first year got three kids signed up, not enough to make a team. But it didn't matter because I knew enough people to get them into enough teams and programs and stuff like that and I was just like right guys I'm going to work you out every day and make this happen and we ran for about three years and uh, my only goal was to help and I was just trying to help these kids so I kept giving them like scholarships to come and like I'll pay for this and I'll find a way to make this happen so after three years only thing I had was $20,000 worth of debt and a bunch of kids that were lying about when they were going to pay and um taught me a lot. It was business school, you know? It was business 101, and I, I made every mistake you could make as a business owner, um, but it, it was the one thing that set me up for success now. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't learn from that, yeah. then there's no way I would have been able to open up the gym that I have now and this that we have that we want to be successful mm-hmm. because I just wanted to help. The only way you can help is to create a solid business first and then help. Because if you don't create that business, and I talk a lot to a lot of people now that are our age that just are like, I really want to help people. And I want to tell them the best way you can help is to go and create a solid business and then decide how you want to help. Because if you don't, you have nothing to give. I had nothing to give, and I was trying to give, and it just meant that I lost my business. And, I mean, I chose to close it down, and hopefully I'll go back to it again because there was a lot of good things coming from it. I had a text message the other day from a kid that I hadn't spoke to in three years. And um, he sent me a text message and he said, hey coach, just wanted to let you know he hadn't spoke to me because most of the kids that left were pretty pissed off with me. Um, I thought you were just an asshole um, when you were coaching me, but now I get what you were doing and what you were trying to prepare me for. And he just said, love you forever. And I was like... Got it, right? Because <laughs> yeah. he wasn't ready for that. He was 18, and I was telling him all these lessons and like yeah. making sure he's on time, making sure he's doing the right things, telling him the truth. Because yeah. the truth is the thing that helped me the most. Yeah. 
And um, you only know the truth when you're ready to hear it, right? And yeah. it took him three years to then come back and tell me, like, thank you. Right. Which, that's tough as a coach, yeah. but that's what you have to accept when you become a coach. For sure, for sure. And so you said this is, you failed in many businesses, but what's, what's your mindset on failure now, today? My favorite, one of my favorite quotes is, um, fail, fail better, and just keep failing until you eventually, you know, have some success. So I just keep failing over and over until we make it happen. Like with this podcast today, like luckily people have started coming now. But, you know, when we were looking at it, there was no one here at 6 o'clock, right? Right, right? And for most people, they would think, and I talk to a lot of people all the time that have these ideas, and they're like, nobody, showed, nobody RSVP'd to my event, I'm canceling it. And I'm like, don't cancel it. Go learn from it and do it better next time. But they're just like, oh, nobody wants it. You know, it's not, nah, it's a failure. And if I would have done that when I went to the park with my gym, it wouldn't be a second location opening next door right. at the end of the year, right? Because <laughs> yeah. nobody came to my first park workout. Yeah, and that goes back to just doing it for your dreams and not worried about, you know, what anybody else says. Like, right. if nobody did show up, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. it's still just going through and executing, you know, and learning from it. And um, for those who just got here, we're doing a raffle in the back. Um, so if you go and put your name and email, address uh, we're raffling off these things over here called brutes and so it's right there by the water if anybody wants to go sign up there you go (laughs) but yeah but um back to your story so i'm I'm curious to know like what advice would you give to someone who has a dream um maybe it's being a professional athlete maybe it's being a business owner a doctor just Mm -hmm. a dream that they think is really big and it may they may not be uh, built out for it what advice would you give them, you know, to encourage them to, to keep going? I know, I know I hear a lot of people say, don't, don't tell me your dreams, tell me your goals, you know, because that means you're going to have a concrete way to get there. But I'm a little bit the opposite way, and I'm like, don't tell me your goals, tell me your dream. Because I feel like a lot of people in here have goals, but they don't have that underlying dream that when it's 5 a.m., when it's 2 o'clock in the morning and you've got to get shit done for that dream, it has to then be that dream. It has to be something that is so big that it scares the shit out of you. Whereas sometimes you can make your goals tangible enough that you're just like, well, I can just keep knocking out these goals and it'll be fine. Yeah. For me, what's helped me the most is dreaming as big as I fucking can and making sure that it scares me. Like this today scares the crap out of me. <laughs> Same. So that's why I knew I had to do it, right? Like yeah. I've built this stage this stage has been here for a few months, and this is the first time I've stood on it, right? And I built this for me to get on and do this kind of stuff, right? right. So I know that this next goal is a dream that scares me enough to be a good dream, a good goal that's going to make me better. Yeah. So make sure them dreams are so big that they force you to get up. And take a step that then forces you to get up. If you want to open a business, go and sign a lease. That shit will get you up at 5 o'clock in the morning because <laughs> your house is on the line. Yeah. You know, 10-year lease... When you read through them terms and conditions, they're coming after you if you don't pay that rent at the end of the month. Yeah. So if you have a dream, you have a goal, make sure you then follow through and do something huge that scares the heck out of you to then go and take action towards it. Yeah. Like when you ask me what does Spectrum or Agenda mean, right. right? It means judges by our actions. And so many people want to talk about being an entrepreneur. So many people want to tell you their next biggest idea. So many people want to tell you, like, I have a dream to go and do this. Go and do it. Stop talking about it. And if you're still talking about it in five years, please shut the hell up because everyone around you is sick of hearing it too. 
right? And be around people that tell you that. Right. Amen. Shut up or do it. What's, what's the first step? What's stopping you? Oh, well, you know, I've got to raise. Go and do it. Or go and take the first little step towards it. Because I hear it all the time. I've got these big ideas. Must be nice owning a gym. No, it fucking sucked for three years. It was the hottest thing I've ever done in my life. It was 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. There was no sleep some days. Now it's great. But if you want this dream, you better be ready. Yeah, that's really So, so throughout your journey of just all these failures and successes, who were you listening to? Like, who, what kind of mentors did you have? So the best thing I did was hire a business coach when I opened the gym. And um, my business coach is called Jason Williams, and he's with a company that does mostly gyms. And um, every time I get on the phone with him, it scares the crap out of me because I tell him an I, if I know if I tell him an idea, he's going to say, why? And if I don't have a good enough answer for why, he's going to tell me, well, that's stupid. <laughs> and he's right, right? If you don't have a good enough answer to back it up for why, then your idea doesn't even make any sense. So every time I get on the phone with him, I'm like, I run it through myself, like, am I going to have a good enough answer for why I want to do this opportunity? And if I don't, then I just cross it off and I don't even bring it up, right? Because as an entrepreneur, I have ideas all the time. Yeah. So it's, the best thing I did was hire that business coach. And I talked to him once a month. Um, and then now I'm, I'm getting better at it. But when I was in my business, when I, when I first opened the gym, it was just that 24-7. So I, couldn't re- I didn't really have time to be... While I was mopping the gym, I was listening to podcasts and stuff like that. Entrepreneur. Yeah. Listen to, used to listen to Entrepreneur on Fire. Yeah. And um, then uh, now I listen to Gary Vee a lot. But sometimes he gets me too hyped up. <laughs> so I have to go and listen to some like, different people. But yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts every day. And now I'm just... My goal now is to get a better routine for my life. Because my businesses, some of them are kind of running themselves a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So it's, I get up at 5 a.m. every day now. That's a new thing that I've started, and I want to have that time to be able to do what I need to do for the day and then go on and do everything else. Yeah, so, why, why is routine important? Because I heard that from a lot of people that you should have a daily routine. It's something that I'm learning how important it is, and me and my business coach actually oh, okay. committed to this together. We were like, let's do 5M, and he's really good. He's read Atomic Habits, which is a great book on habits, and uh, he tracks every habit he does. And if he doesn't do it for a few days, like I said with people with business ideas, he crosses it out because it's just something he keeps telling himself that he really doesn't want to do. Yeah. When you hear someone saying, I'd love to, and I'm, I'm a sucker for this, I keep saying I'd love to learn the guitar. And I've said it for the last three years, I haven't got a guitar, I haven't touched the guitar, I haven't looked at it, so it's just bullshit. I need to stop saying it, right? I need to shut up about it. I'm not going to do it. But I said I wanted to learn the skateboard, and for three days I got on a skateboard. So that's one that I can put on the list, right? Um, but yeah, I start getting up at 5 a.m., and going for a routine of, I have a five-minute journal, I write in that, what am I grateful for? I read a chapter of a book that I'm trying to, I want to become an expert in motivation. That's something that I feel like I'm good at, trying to help companies implement real strategies for motivation. So I'm reading motivational books. So I read a chapter of one of them books a day. I'm ADHD, so I have to have five different books going. And then I read A Tool for Titan, which is Tim Ferriss's book. And then um, I spend 15 minutes just... Uh, with vision, vision for my business, vision for my life, because if I don't do that, then it interrupts me all day, and I can't get shit done because I'm yeah. thinking about, wouldn't this be cool, wouldn't this be cool, because like I said, I'm crazy ADHD, yeah. and then so that's becoming my routine, and I've done it for 19 days, and I've got a little checklist that I'm checking off. So what's your target number? I think it's 21 days. To make 21 days for a habit, right? Yeah. So yeah, so my target is to do 30 days of this. Yeah. 
And then we're going to try and do a habit challenge here, 30 days for people, and see, see how that works. Um, but yeah, it's becoming a thing where I look forward to getting up at 5 a.m. now. Because there's, at 5 a.m., you're not going to get up and put Netflix on. At 5 a.m., you're not going to get up and watch just random shows and stuff. When you get up at 5 a.m., it's an intention to do something. So luckily, I have a gym that I own. I go there at 5 a.m., work out, and when I finish there, I feel awake enough to go and do all that stuff. So, but I talked to my business coach the other day, and we were talking about this 5 a.m. thing, and he's staying with it. And, I'm, and I said to him, I like this because it's allowing me to be the person I want to be. It's given me that space to learn more, write more, and have a different vision for my life. So just getting up at that time is setting me up to be just the person I want to be, yeah. a successful person, how I want to define success, right? Yeah, so, yeah, I love that. And yeah. I like how you said you um, actually vis- you do visions. You visualize, you know, what you want your day to look like, yep. what you want your future to look like. And I think that's so important. That's something uh, I try to do personally, and that's part of why I call this your visionary podcast. Right. You know, it's a kind yep. of... Give people an idea of what they need to do, you know, for themselves. Mm. And just really um, encourage them to visualize what they want their future to look like, and then um, figure out what they gotta do today to get to that yeah. future person, right? Yeah. And so I have a question for you: Five years from now, what do you what do you um, see Oxwork uh, being? Yeah. So five years from now, um, th- when you're talking about vision, that's something that I really take I take it to heart is wanting to be a visionary, yeah. and like when you told me the name of the podcast, I was excited about it because something I'm learning now is something that people don't realize. And when I talked about my mission to help entrepreneurs become that visionary like you do, is coming back to sport, the best companies in the world, I think, are sport teams. So I look at sport teams a lot. I look at the best teams in the world and what that structure looks like. And the owner of the team is always in the box, right? Yeah. The manager's on the field, and the players are doing the work, right? right? So if I'm a manager, I'm on the field. I want to be up in the box, right? right? So the guy up in the box, you think he's just chinking glasses and smiling for the cameras. But that's the visionary. Exactly. That's the guy that's seeing where everything's going. That's why he has to be so high up, because he's got to see what's next. Yeah. So that's where I need to be. And my goal for myself is to be a leader. To lead companies, I have to put myself in that position. But I'm a worker at heart. I just want to work. So understanding how important it is to be the visionary and not the worker. So all I've known is leading by example. The floor needs mopping, I'll mop the floor. If this needs doing, I'll do that. Instead, you've got to allow other people to grow into them roles, right? And by you doing it, you suffocate them. So as a leader, what I have to do is try and get used to delegating tasks to people, try and get used to allowing other people to fuck up like I did over and over again to be able to learn. And if you don't let them do that and you don't be the visionary that sits at the top, that's when you're handcuffing all the businesses. And that's what I've been doing now. Even though I'm only three years in and this has just opened, I still find myself handcuffing the businesses by me sitting at the top and holding on to too many things and not letting it go and allowing other people to grow. So in five years' time, I want to be the CEO and actually be able to say that to you and not be doing day-to-day stuff. Yeah. So that's my goal for the next five years. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's real. And, um, towards the end of the podcast, I'd like to play a, a game. But before mm. you do the game, I'm going to do another raffle. Cool. That's cool. So yep. if, you, if you get a raffle ticket, it's not in here. Put it up here. 
It's in a box. Okay. Thank you so much. See, it's filling up now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you pick one. I'm going to pick it. Nice. Kayla. Yeah, Kayla. <laughs> so, Kayla, you get to pick a brute. Pick your favorite can. Not that one. I want that one. <laughs> cool. Appreciate that. And so this game is called First Things First. And so I say a word, and then you say the first thing that comes to your mind. It could be a word or a phrase. Okay. You ready? No. <laughs> Let's do it. So <laughs> the first word is basketball. Dreams. I can't say that for everyone, can I? Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's another rule. You can't say the can't same say thing twice. Can't say it twice. Yep. Yep. So uh, family. Do I have to say the first thing you said? The first thing. <laughs> so the first thing I was going to say, honestly, was I was going to say it's everything, but that's just like a cliche thing that everybody says. So the biggest thing for my family is my family tell me the truth. Okay. Um, business. Business? First thing. For me right now, business is happiness. Mm. Um, success. Fulfillment. Failure. Everything. Mm. Fear. 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 Mm. It's, that's a tough one. Because... It's, it's the real, fear is real, right? Getting on this stage is scary. Like, even just looking out here scares me. When you see people looking back, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so easy looking to you. We shouldn't have put chairs there because you can see people over there. But yeah, fear is real. Um, but like, when I used to step on the basketball court at five foot nine from England, I used to have to pretend I was somebody else. And so I think when I do stuff like this, I do the same thing. So I just. You have to step into that character of who you want to be. So when you feel some fear, think about why you're feeling that fear and if it's good or if it's bad. So that's not one word, but it's a, this is a great fear for me. Coming and, and get on this stage, it scared the hell out of me, and it's a great feeling yeah. to do it and just be like in it. Like I'm, I can't think about future, past, anything. I'm in this moment now, and the fear of doing this. I can't imagine it stopping me from doing it, you know? When you asked me to do this, I could have been like, no, no, no. We built that stage for other people to do it on, right? But to come and do it is, it's great. It's, it, fear is awesome. I love that. So the last word is ox work. Ox work. Ox work is, it's a place made for dreamers. It's a place where, it's, it's what I needed as a business owner. I wouldn't have started Oxwork, and I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think it was important. What it is is the gym industry taught me a lot. There's gyms, and the, when you go to these Globo gyms, their favorite client is the person that doesn't show up, pays for 12 months, and doesn't come. Right? You all got key rings on your keys right now, and you haven't been to that gym in months. Right? The difference with our gym and where we're trying to take it is 
If you don't come to the gym, I want our gym to get to a point where we call you and we cancel your membership. Wow. And we say, we give you a chance. Hey, you want to come back? Because someone else wants that membership. Because we know the impact it's going to have, not on your fitness, but on your life. We've created a, a special place there. I want this to be the same. When you go to a shared workspace, I went to a mall trying to find one that would give me a community and environment for me to grow as a business owner. Mm-hmm. I didn't find it. So I was like, I got to do it myself. Yeah. So we did this to create that environment for people to come in and share and be a part of something bigger, have a team of people that want success. So it's just a place for people that want success and they want to share it with other people and they've got that abundance mindset where they know that you, me telling you my goals, I could tell you everything about my gym, every secret, so-called secret. It, that's not the thing. That's not what makes it successful. It's going and doing it. And 99% of people are not going to do it. If somebody comes into Oxbrook and they say, I need you to sign this non-disclosure agreement because my business idea is so revolutionary, you can go down the street, man. That's not the thing. And once you release it, it's going to get copied right away if it's a good idea. So the thing is you and how you execute and how you're going to execute. So Oxbrook's a place for people that want to execute. It's a place for people that are going to make shit happen and do it together. I love that. I love that. So this last question um, is... If you can give advice to your 21-year-old self, what would that be and why? So 21-year-old self, that was too late to say pick another sport. <laughs> so uh, 21-year-old self, I would just say just keep going. Mm-hmm. Just keep going. I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Just keep going. You're doing the right things. Just keep going. I think that's a message that a lot of listeners need to hear. You know, just keep, just keep going. It's gonna yeah. work out. Yeah. At the end of the day. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I appreciate Thanks, you coming man. on this show. No, man. thank you so much. <laughs> so, so now we're gonna open up the floor. Um, anyone that has questions for Anthony or myself, uh, now's the time for that. Any questions, anyone? Next accelerator, yeah. So we're in um, week three of one that we just had going on. Um, the next one, we're probably going to run them pretty consistently. Um, so we've got, there's about 10 spaces available. So if you wanted to sign up, just let us know. But um, yeah, it's a, really good, it's a really good program that I've put my businesses through. And it just takes it from a dream to a reality of where you really want to take it and take that first step. But also, we can do it one-on-one, too. So that's the group accelerator, but we can also do one-on-one coaching for things like that, too. You have a business idea? I do. Are you? I started in March, so. Okay. What's, <laughs> what's the dream? Um, social media management, but I also, for businesses, mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of people have, they have a platform, but they don't want to do the work. Yep. Right. So that's a great goal. Boy, it's the dream. That's why we do the accelerator, right? So everybody's got goals, but I want to know where that dream's going to take you. Because otherwise, are you going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and do it? Yeah, right. So it's just going to keep you going. When days get tough and you get kicked in the face, you come back to that dream and you're like, this is why I'm doing it. So... Next, when you get on the accelerator, that's what I'm going to ask you. So, <laughs> uh, what 
countries you played in? Yeah. My favorite was when I was uh, 18, and uh, I was playing for my national team, and we played in Estonia, and that was the first time I went to. It was like a former Russian, you know, USSR place, and it was like. It was really cool. It was it was really intense, and that was honestly the first time I'd failed, um, because the year before I was the captain of the team, and um, it that thinking back on that, that was the one that prepared me for just going through all these failures. Was the first game came and I was the captain of the team the year before, and we played and we won uh, against Scotland, Ireland, and Wales. We won the Four Nations with me as the captain. The next year we went back and we were playing in the European Championships. And uh, we were in Estonia, and the first game came, and I didn't, I didn't even get in. I was like, what the hell? I still was cheering for my teammates and everything. The next game comes, and we're playing against Germany, and the scores are tied. I haven't played at all. And uh, the coach is like, all right, we need shooters on the floor. So he puts me in. And um, first touch was with three seconds left, and I hit three to tie the game. And then I didn't come off the court for the rest of the tournament after that. And when I talked to the coach after that, he was like, you know, the biggest thing that, that he was at 16, 17 years old, the biggest thing he told me was, like, most kids would have checked out after that first game. They would have been like, the coach hates me. Screw this team. I'm not, I should be playing. And I didn't check out. I was still there, and then I got the chance, and I hit the shot to tie the game and send us to overtime and beat Germany, which England against Germany is a pretty big deal. So it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, do you think that was being that age, or because I feel like, do you, or do you feel as though you know maybe if you were older, you would have had a little bit more pride, and maybe that would have taken over, you know, that feeling. Hmm. It's a good question. Cause it. Oh yeah, I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> it still hurt then, but I just didn't show it, you know. And uh, I still was that same supportive teammate when I was sitting on the bench at that next school, you know? Um, but for me, it comes back to the dream, right? I wasn't living in that moment because I was going to be a professional. So as important as that moment was, if that moment wasn't going to define my basketball career. That was a stepping stone to me being a pro. So, like I said, you have to know that dream because there's going to be really bad times if you want something big. Like, for us, nobody could have showed up today, and we would have both had to sit here and talk to each other and be like, well, better look next time. And if we don't have the dream of, he wants more for this podcast. If he doesn't have that dream, that could be it. He could just be like, nobody came, nobody wants it, it's not fair, life's not fair, I quit, right? And that's the way it was for me, and basketball was every time I kept getting to that roadblock, but it was so much bigger. It was going to be professional. I was going to be playing in the NBA, so I'd just laugh about this one day. So as much as it hurt me then, it was still like, I want more. Does that help? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Good. So uh, I listened to a guy on his name, Matt Sheldon. His whole thing was like, he's a professional soccer player, but he's a little bit stuff, and like, he's a kid somewhere. Yeah. Yes. So that he would be put in that position. Yep. Have you ever been in that situation where 
genuinely like were on the bench or not involved, but you wanted your team to do, to do bad, or, were, or did you show more maturity beyond that? No, I didn't. No, I, I wanted them to do bad. Yeah. 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 When you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, for, it, it stopped. Basketball for me stopped being a team sport around as soon as I joined the national team program. Because now it was, you're training to take my minutes. You're training to take my opportunities. You're training to take my spot. And from then on, it's a fight. Practice is a fight. Like, literally a fight. I don't know if many people have been in team sports when the coach closes the doors and kicks all the managers out. That means people are about to fight, right? So, and I've been in many of them situations where it's a fight for minutes. And yeah, I... You shake hands with the other point guard, and you're like, man, I hope he has an off night tonight, and I'm coming in. And I'm sure he was doing the same thing for me, but, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Is that, would, when you said more maturity, do you think that is more maturity? I don't know. Yeah. And a part of me was like, no, no, no. It was like, is that really true? But then at the same time, it's like, okay, I feel like that also shows like a level of, you know, you, you're one cog in the system. Mm. And you find your role and you perform in that role. Yeah. Now, now I would say I'm mature. And I could do that. I could do that now. But that took a long time. Yeah. And that took learning from, like now for, for my business to be successful as a gym, I don't want other gyms to fail, right? So I think that's a big perspective shift. For Oxwork to do well, I don't want other co-working spaces. If one opened next door, I wouldn't want it to fail because I would know that they could find their own. But when you're on a basketball team and you're fighting for minutes and stuff like that, like, man, that's a different thing because by them succeeding, you don't. You know, like for my business to be successful, if another gym succeeds, I don't fail. But in in sports, it's cutthroat. You know, if if somebody else wins a gold medal in in a track event, you you take silver, right? Like, so I don't know. But yeah, it's it's a good question. I going back, I with this perspective now, I'd still probably want to fail for for me to get in there. So I can't say that's yeah. It's a great question though. Yeah, it's a great question. That's a good question because I, um, like I said, I, I had a coach that I left his basketball team. Like, I probably would have stayed there and fought for my position if he would have believed that I could have done it. And so with my teams and my team at the gym, like we don't quite have a team here yet. It's me and Katie. But like the team at the gym is 14, 15 people now. It's a pretty big team. And um, each one of them coaches 
I don't ever tell them what they can and they can't do. I say, just like I asked you, what is your dream? Every coach that comes in, I don't tell them, this is the job that you have to take. This is the role that you're going to be. I say, what is your dream job in my gym? And with Katie here, it's, Katie, what is your dream role here? And how can we make your dream life happen in my business? So, like, when people come to me now, they ask me, like, what job opportunity can I get? What pay? And I say, what's the dream? Where do you want to go? Because if I don't support your dreams, I'm not doing what I would have wanted. So I guess I just treat people the way I would have wanted to be treated. The way my dreams could have been treated better. You know, I don't, I suppose I do still hold a little bit of a grudge against some people in my lives, but I know they were probably doing it for the right reasons, even if they were a little bit misguided. Because I couldn't tell, if a coach came to me and said, I want to be the best CrossFit coach in the world, no matter what I think of him, I should never tell him. I would just say, well, if that's what you want, this is what I expect. Or this is what you should expect from yourself. Not, you can't do it. And then if they don't match, their actions don't match their goals, then I can say, your actions are not matching up with what you say you want to do. Whereas my actions were matching me wanting to be a professional athlete. right? So I was there every single day, and he knew I was there every single day working 10 times harder than everybody else. If one of my coaches is working 20 times harder than anybody else, whatever dream they have is going to come true, right? So it all takes hard work. So just making sure that I'm supporting people's dreams and not pigeonholing people into a, a certain place. And something I was listening to today told me, like, um, it's Mark Manson. I don't know if you've heard Mark Manson. He did the, what's the book, Katie? The... Said a lot of not giving a fuck. Yeah, okay, yeah it's yeah, a really yeah. good book. And um, said a lot of not giving a fuck. And um, he said that you know make sure you treat people as the ends, not the means. You know, and like that kind of resonated with me. Like when all my coaches come in and anybody that works for me come in, I want to know what their dreams are, yeah. not there are means for me to get to my dreams. Right. Wow. So. I think that's the only way I can answer that, is making sure that they get that support. So. Yeah, that's real. that's real. I know you had a question you still want to ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, when you tell your story, it's like I see a lot of failure, I guess. Um, but then I see some success along the way. It's like, you know, you wanted to go to the NBA, and you, know, you didn't quite get there, and you, you, know, you wanted to coach and lead. Um, this basketball uh, scholarship program, and you know that that wasn't like success. What gives you the perseverance to keep going in all of that? Um, I think it's just knowing that the only thing that matters is giving it everything that you've got, and then at the end of the day. When I, so I had an interesting perspective shift. I used to tell people I didn't make it to the NBA because I'm not six foot three, right? And that's bullshit. That's not true. Because I stood on the basketball court next to Isaiah Thomas and he's smaller than me. So that's a lie, right? So, but I did, what I did do was I gave it everything I had every single day and I wasn't good enough. And so, but that led me to something different 
And so with this, this is scary. This building, the rent is a lot of money, you know? Um, people might come in and they say, we don't want that thing that you're offering. Um, but I just know that it's going to lead me somewhere bigger and it's going to lead me somewhere better. So as long as I give this everything I've got, there's no such thing as failure. I didn't fail getting to the NBA. I got as far as I could get. I got as far as my potential could take me. And I talk to business owners all the time that are more successful than me. They have a lot more money than me. I don't have shit, but they have a lot of more money than me. And um, I always ask them, like, they still want more. And I keep saying, when is it enough? You're a millionaire. Like, when is it enough? And sometimes they didn't have a good answer, but then one time uh, the guy that owns this building said to me, well, it's not about enough. It's about me seeing what my potential is. And I think that's just the way I am. I just want to see what my potential is with this. I want to see what my potential is with Oxfit. So it's just keep pushing to see how far you can go. And you don't fail. You just reach that limit of how far your talents will take you or how hard you want to work. I don't want to be a billionaire because that comes with sacrifice and everything else in your life. So I want to have a good lifestyle. Sorry, I think... And then we'll come to you. I got really lucky. Um, the gym that I went to in London, that, um, the, my first CrossFit gym, I saw them build it from um, basically a gym almost the size of two of them offices to a gym as big as this in the first three years that they were there. And then that, he became a business coach. And so as I was open and I called him and he's like, hey, funnily enough, I've started this business coaching thing and I, I can take you on as a client if you want. And he was like, I could do it for free, but I know you get what you pay for. And he's like, so this is the price. And, you know, we didn't have any money. We were just opening a business and it was like $2,000 to invest in this business coach. And he's like, if you don't pay me, you probably won't use it. And that was a big lesson in value for me right off the bat, right? And then um, I didn't call any other business coaches. I have a few mentors now, but that's still my one business coach. He doesn't take on any more clients. He has, like, me and somebody else because he's just kept leveling up. But I don't think he'll ever stop taking my phone calls, luckily. And um, we're like a – I feel like we business coach each other now. Like I said, we've both been doing this 5 a.m. club thing together, and he sends me a text every day that he got up at 5 a.m. again. and So um, just find somebody that... I found somebody that had done what I wanted to do, right? And just gelled really well with him. So if you're looking for a business coach, just find somebody that's done what you want to do. Um, kind of, for me, it was not just someone that... He doesn't just want to be successful. He wants to do it the right way. And that's the way I am. I don't just want money. I want to do it... And when he questions me, he questions me on, like, how does this fit into your values? Because I'm like, and I almost did, I can open a spin studio over here. I can do this over here. I want to go into a restaurant. I can do this restaurant. Whoa, slow down. What do you want to do? Why do you want to do it? And that's when I know he's a great business coach, when he's like, yeah, that could make a lot of money, but your wife actually made double that when she was working, and she didn't work for you. So if you want to just make money, she can just go back to work, and you can close your businesses down. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so it's got to be bigger than that, right? So, yeah.
Henry. Uh, you talk about failing and failing better and you're not giving up. Yeah. But then uh, you had a business and you decided to shut down or maybe you'll start again. What was, how did you make that decision at that time to say, like, this isn't working, I need to shut it down? Yeah, that, I mean, that was a tough decision, actually. Um, I think I was growing as a business owner. I think I was growing into, like, I thought it, for, for the first few years, I was, I thought it was their fault, you know? Like, these kids don't get it. I'm given all this opportunity. And then you start to read more about being an entrepreneur, and you start to realize everything's your fault. And you start taking ownership and responsibility for yourself and, like, what you did. And, um, <laughs> well, I had the basketball academy, and I'd opened a gym at the same time. So my life looked like this. Wake up at four, go coach two classes. Take a 10-minute nap, go back and coach another class, nine o'clock. Go pick up the kids from the basketball academy, drive them to the gym, because I had to drive everybody. Um, drive them to the gym, train them for five hours. I trained with them. Drop them back off, go back to the gym, coach for four hours. In the middle of that, take on some new people coming in, walking through their no sweat intros. After the gym, well, in between that, send text messages, phone calls to try and get new members in, post on social media, when the gym's at, clean the gym when everybody leaves, then update the website, check all the emails that have come in, respond to all the emails. So that's like 2 o'clock in the morning, usually. Back up at 4. Do it again. And so... That was year one of the gym. And um, I remember my wife still had another job, so it was all on me. She was working to support these stupid habits of mine. And um, she was an accountant, made great money, made a great living, but was miserable every single day that she went to work. And so that pushed me to keep going on that because I knew it was for us. And then I remember one day, man, I think I got like maybe four or five hours sleep that week. And uh, we canceled Christmas that year because I was in a zone where my wife, it was Christmas Day, and she said, hey, um, can we go do something because it's Christmas Day? And I was like, no. She was like, what do you mean? I was like, you go to work every day. If I get out of this zone I'm in now, of this work that I'm doing now, I don't know if I can get back into it. So we can't do anything because I won't even be there anyway. We go bowling, I won't be bowling. I'll be thinking about business. I'll be in the business. And like she didn't get it. She couldn't get it because she was going to work every day. And, she, and um, the next year, the next Christmas, we spent Christmas in Jamaica. You know, like it was worth it. But like understanding that at that point it was going to be that hard, was, that was a real fight. And then when I look back on doing that basketball academy and the gym, one day, my wife said to me, she said, are you all right? Like, she looked at me, and I mean, I was a mess. I wasn't getting to work out. My eyes, I just looked. They don't look great now, but they looked terrible then. And um, she said, uh, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm good, because I don't think most people could handle this. So if I can get through this, shit, what can stop me now? If I can do this and run these two businesses... We're not making any money right now. We're struggling, and I can keep going every day and keep getting up. What's going what's gonna to stop us? But at that point, the gym was picking up, and the basketball academy wasn't making sense anymore. So I would love to honestly go back to it because I think there's something special there. And when I get them text messages from players that, like, 
they get it now. I feel like I planted seeds that are going to stay with them for a while because I did it the right way. Then um, it was a good decision at the time. Now my wife gets to work at the gym every day and she loves it. Um, we make less than, we probably make a quarter of what we make when she was working a regular job, but we get to do what we love every day. So it's worth it. That was a long answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyone else got a question? just not allowing myself to touch it because if and teaching people like not the goal is to try and teach people to not even to ask me anymore right to be like I trust you if you think it's the right things to do if you think it fits our values if it pursues excellence go and do it and that's the only way I want them to run it through but also it comes back to like what stage is your business at because I had to do everything to get it to a point to then hire somebody else, right? So I meet a lot of people now that have all these ideas of wanting to hire people and wanting people to go and take the lead on all this stuff. And I say to them, but you haven't created a business yet. You can't lead something that doesn't exist. And some people have all these grand ideas of being a CEO. And I'm like, the CEO is going to come. But right now, you've got to create it to that level, right? And some people want to skip that step. You can't skip that step and be the CEO of nothing, you know? So it's like... Make sure your business is at that point where you can then delegate stuff out. Because I do meet a lot of people that are like, I want to be like you and doing this. And I'm like, but your business will fail if you take yourself out of all them roles. It, it has to be ready for that, right? right? So making sure you know what stage your business is in. Because at, fir at first, you have to do it all. Unless you have partners or investors and stuff like that, right? I started the gym with just me doing everything, sweeping the floor. I was like a one-man band. and Yeah. 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 But, I mean, I was talking about uh, yeah. the look behind you on the bin to see a little bit of the inactive. Yep. So that was the organization that came us on stage that I inherited. It was me and two other people. Okay. Now it's at about 30. Yep. So, wow. And well, I mean, I'm graduating now. That's so awesome. I have to, no matter what I do, I'm gone. Yeah. Okay. So it's only when you're in school you can be in it? Cool. But you're trying to take them lessons out to your own businesses now, yes. is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. So go back to that founder stage and be comfortable being in it because that's the only way you're going to learn it. So go back to being a founder again and knowing that you've got to grind it out and then you'll add people as it's time. But if you give all that away right away, then your, your vision won't be able to come to life. Right? So. Nice. <laughs> well, dope. Yeah. Cool. So next, guys, we're going to do another raffle, the last one, and then we're going to get into the networking part. 
And so I want to challenge everyone to uh, find one person you don't know and ask these three questions. What's your name? What do you do? And what do you want to do five years from now? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so think about that now before I uh, pick our last winner. And then the, the brutes are for sale for $10, $5, $10. So if y'all don't win and want to buy one. Logan. Ray. Logan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Anyone? You want this one, you said? Not that one. I want that one. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all for coming. And please grab a water, uh, some cookies before you leave, and meet one person that you don't know. Thank you, guys. Boom. Hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Please, please, please leave me some comments, write me a review. Five stars would be awesome. If you're not going to leave five stars, don't worry about the review. Go on with your day. Enjoy yourself. But always remember, when somebody asks you what you do, always answer whatever it takes. See you next time.